Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of Billy West Live. I'm pleased to welcome Stacy Scott uh, to the program uh, to discuss the Ware Youth Facility uh, located in Red River Parish. Stacy, welcome to Billy West Live. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, Stacy, you reached out to me because you wanted to you know, explain to the public a little bit about your services uh, and the fact that y'all service, you know, five or six parishes here in Northwest Louisiana. But mm-hmm. let me give you an opportunity just to talk about the history of the Ware Youth Facility, uh, you know, kind of the genesis of it and how, how it came to be. Absolutely. So we were created uh, through legislation in 1986 with the help of Senator Don Kelly and Representative Joe Salter and other legislatures. And uh, the legislation was passed creating a seven-parish district called the Northwest Louisiana Juvenile Detention Center Authority. And so, like I said, we had the seven parishes, which included Bienville, Claiborne, DeSoto, Natchitoches, Red River, Sabine, and Webster. But however, in 1991, two of the parishes, which was Bienville and Claiborne, asked to be removed um, and their wishes were granted. So that that put us with the five parishes, Natchitoches, Red River, DeSoto, Webster, and Sabine. Um, and we we were with those five parishes until 2006. We started contracting with Bossier Parish Police Jury to run their juvenile detention center. And because of a lack of lack of funding for our detention center, um, our our director, our then director, Ms. Mr. Kenneth Lofton, went out to the local police juries and asked for additional funding. Um, at the time, the police juries weren't, they just weren't able to come up with the funding. And so we decided to contract with Bossier Parish Police Jury, um, where they could, uh, house 24 of their youth in our juvenile detention center here in Cachata. Our bed capacity is currently 32. Um, and so they get 24 of those beds and then each of the five participating parishes gets two beds each, which I know, you know, that, that math does not add up. But just luckily, Bossier Parish has been so kind and so generous to us. They don't typically use all 24 of their beds, so we're able to um, utilize that bed space for other parishes. Well, Stacy, um, let, so, let, let me ask yeah, you a, a question about that, because Bossier Parish has the ability to control 24 of the beds, and there's 32 mm-hmm. total. Obviously, you know, juvenile crime is becoming a... A burgeoning problem not only for northwest louisiana but for the country and as i understand it you're not at full capacity right now is there a reason you're not at full capacity is it a function of cost well so i don't know that if it's i don't know that it's so much cost that it, that it is um in 2020 um we um have to start we had to start um, conducting what's called a detention screening instrument and that screening instrument, every kid that comes to our detention center is screened through this instrument. They're actually screened through law enforcement. And if they don't score a 19 or above on the screening instrument, it's recommended that they be released, you know, services back to home. And so that could be a lot of it um, because you have to score a 19 or above to get into detention now. And I was looking at just some statistics Um you know, I was looking Natchitoches Parish so far this year. Has ha- we've housed 12 youth from Natchitoches Parish. And just to kind of give you an idea, you know, of the kind of youth that we're housing nowadays, 
Um, we had one, you know, first-degree murder, uh, another second-degree murder, a drive-by shooting, and a battery of the, of the, of the affirmed. So, you know, some pretty serious um, crimes that juveniles are committing um, in 2022. Same thing. We had several kids from Natchitoches Parish that were here on illegal possession of a handgun by a juvenile. Um, First-degree murder, second-degree murder, terrorizing. Um, and so last year for 2022, we held 15 youth from Natchitoches Parish. And Stacy, so, are these kids that, that are coming to the Ware Youth Facility, are all of them held there pre-trial detention? Just to, you know, explain that to the public. Are, are they held there pre-conviction? And, and are you, you're not housing them post-conviction, are you? Well, we do. Um, and so basically what happens is, you know, we, we are a pre-trial holding facility and, until the judge decides what they, what he or she would like to do with the child. But here's the other, here's the other side of it. Um, so once a kid is sentenced and they're placed in the custody of the Office of Juvenile Justice, which is juvenile probation, um, juvenile probation typically has 15 days to move that youth to one of their facilities. Um, juvenile probation, just like everybody else around the state, um, they're having problems with, you know, just overcrowding and trying to house youth. So some of the, the post-trial youth stay in detention centers um, probably a little bit longer than they should just because OJJ is so full in their facilities. Well, I had the mayor on of Natchitoches earlier this week, and he was talking about mm-hmm. how Natchitoches is now sending some of our juvenile offenders to Natchez, Mississippi, mm-hmm. because it's a function of cost. He could pay $175 a day to a facility in Natchez, Mississippi, but it costs, I think, $310 a day at your facility. That's correct. Explain, That's our, correct. explain to our listeners just why does it cost so much money to house a juvenile for 24 hours? Right. So, you know, part of our, part of our deal is, you know, we, we were, we were paying up until 2021, we were paying our staff $9.59 an hour, which, you know, is, is, is nothing compared to, you know, what, um, salaries are, you know, these days. And we just weren't able to find staff. And so, you know, with the help of Senator Louis Bernard and our, our, Current director of the end, Mr. Kenneth Lofton, we were able to get our starting pay up to $15 an hour, um, which helped, you know, tremendously in us bringing employees on. But, you know, just the cost of, um, you know, just the cost of food, the cost of supplies, um, you know, on top of the $15 an hour salary, um, we are in the state retirement system. And so that cost of facility uh, 41% for each employee on top of, um, their salary. So, you know, that's also where, where the cost went up. Um, I started here in October of 96 and in October of 96, it cost, or, or we were charging $110 a day to house a juvenile. We just brought that cost up to 310 a day in July 1 of this year. So we we tried to, you know, keep the cost reasonable as long as we could, um, you know, but it, it just, it's gotten to the point now to where, you know, you can go to McDonald's or, um, you know, Hobby Lobby or somewhere like that, and, and their starting pay is $17 an hour, and you don't run the risk of, you know, somebody hitting on you or spitting you or kicking you or, 
you know, giving you a cussing. So, I mean, it's, it's, you know, our staff, they do, a, they do a wonderful job. Um, you know, we get kids from all walks of life. We get kids, uh, that suffer from, you know, mental illness. Um, we, we get some of the worst of the worst. Um, right. and, but what the, our philosophy all along has been, that instead of looking at it as though, you know, oh, we have this kid for, you know, X amount of time, whether it be, you know, six months, a year, we look at it as though we only have this kid for this amount of time. Let's do, you know, whatever it takes that, that, you know, within our power that once we get this kid back out into society, they can actually be a functioning member of society and, you know, do what they need to do to be successful. Well, obviously that's the hope of any penal institution ultimately is to have mm-hmm. people re- reform their behavior. But I think most people who are listening to this podcast are going to be a little surprised that it costs, you know, roughly $9,000 a month to provide a bed to a juvenile offender and he hadn't even been convicted. And right. that, but it's, it's part of the reason I think you wanted to come on was to talk about the function of cost. But the big challenge we have as a society moving forward is what are we going to do with these really violent, youthful offenders? And if we don't have enough beds, how are we going to house them and where are we going to house them? Right, exactly. And, and that is a problem. I mean, I agree. And, and it seems, it seems as though, you know, the, you know, as, as the years go by, the, you know, the juveniles are committing some really heinous crimes at a younger age. So, you know, I think the problem is getting worse instead of getting better. Um, and so, you know, we do everything within our power to, you know, try to help parishes whenever they need a bed. Um, we try to accommodate as much as we can. And like I said, Bozier has been great. If they're not using their 24 beds, which they hardly ever do, you know, they're, we're, we're able to, you know, help a parish out and, and give them the extra bed space, you know, if, if that's what they need. Um, and in the cost, I mean, I understand, you know, but everything is going up. You know, the price of food has went up. The price of supplies has went up. Um, you know, we're looking at um, just just basic repairs that we need to do, uh, you know, throughout the facility. And, you know, that cost has doubled, you know, just since COVID, you know. So, you know, the cost of everything has went up. And I think, you know, it just our cost is reflecting that. Well, the price, so, you know, yeah, and the price of public safety is going up, and that's what tax one hundred percent taxpayers need to understand that there's a cost to public safety, and this is part of it. But you know, I wanted to give you an opportunity when you call to explain the cost and the function of the Ware Youth Facility. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's named mm-hmm. after you know former Judge Richard Ware, who unfortunately right. passed away way back in nineteen ninety six in a car wreck. But Richard was a wonderful proponent of of juveniles and youth and reform, juvenile reform. Right. And that's right. why it got he named was. after Richard, and we all miss him very much. But, Stacy, I, I appreciate you joining us. I'll, I'll give you the last yeah, word. To see, is there anything else you wanted to say you know, to taxpayers and listeners here in northwest Louisiana about the function of the Ware Youth Facility? Um, just, just that, you know, like I said, our overall philosophy is, is you know, we understand that public safety is, is paramount and, you know, we, we do our absolute best to try to help rehabilitate youth while they're here. They receive, you know, educational uh, services through the Red Repair School Board. So, you know, while they're here, they're, you know, they're going to school. Um, they receive counseling. They receive, you know, medical treatment. 
Um, so we're providing we're providing all those services uh, while they're here. So um, you know we're trying to make very good use of the public's uh, money and trust in us, and just do the best that we possibly can. Well, Stacy, I appreciate you joining me. I, I know Kenny Lofton, I, you know Julie Jones, um, and the sheriff mm-hmm. in, in Red River. You, you've got some good folks that have been trying to help we do. y'all. We really do manage your facility and. And I, I just know you're doing the best you can under very trying circumstances with some really difficult youth that you're housing yes, there. But I, I appreciate you giving me a few minutes of your time to talk about a very difficult issue in, in the Office of Juvenile Justice. And the legislature has their hands full for the next eight, really eight, eight or ten years. But thank you for joining us on thank Billy you. West Live. Thank you for your time. Stacy Scott with the Ware Youth Facility. Take care. Thank you very much. You're thank welcome. You. Thank you.